Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space here on West Limerick 102 for the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is Lorraine Buckley, and joining me in the studio this morning is John Keeley. Good morning, John. Good morning, Lorraine, and welcome back. Oh, thank you very much. I'm back after a little hiatus. Junk, uh, junket. Is yeah, that, is well, that I wouldn't it? call it a junket. Exams. <laughs> Not quite a junket. I believe now you are busy. Well, get busy. You might be able to tell us about that at some stage. Exactly, exactly. Good morning, too, to Anne, John's, um, I won't say long-suffering wife, but <laughs> definitely better half. What do you reckon? Good morning. Good morning, yes. Anne. How are you? Fine, thank you, Lorraine. Good. Joining us also on the phone is Shane. Good morning, Shane. Good morning. I love the way you were there welcoming people to the show because you haven't been around. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> I believe congratulations are in order, Shane. Uh, well, yes, finally, I've, I've kind of finished off some exams I was doing myself, so they're out of the way. Well done to you, and thank God for your intelligence and wisdom. <laughs> I don't know about that, but we're pressing on, pressing on. <laughs> Moving swiftly, Ed. Um This morning's programme, we are so lucky to have an interview with Sister Elizabeth Ryan from the Presentation Sisters, who's going to be telling us a little bit about their life. We'll have that in the second part of our programme. A very special welcome to those listening on radio at home, especially to our ill or housebound listeners, Cade Mila to our programme. Welcome also to those who are listening to us maybe while travelling or on our repeat programme here on the Thursday evening, which is broadcast between half ten and half eleven. We welcome those as well who listened to our programme on the podcast, which can be accessed at sacredspace102.blogspot.com. As well on our blog, you'll find a variety of good news and reflections, hymns, resources and links to other blogs and websites that we like. And again, we'd like to say just a little word of thanks to Shane for keeping on top of our website and blog and keeping the show on the road for us. Thank you very much, Shane. Well done, Shane. At the start of each programme, we light a little candle just to remind us that we're joined together in this sacred time. So whether you're driving or resting or listening in distant places this morning, you're very welcome. And we hope that this next hour, reflecting on God's word and God's message, will help us to grow in his love. As usual, comments about the programme would be most welcome, especially if you have any thoughts about the programme. I see at least two empty chairs here this evening, so if you feel the inclination to pop into West Limerick and join us for the programme, you'd be very, very welcome. You can contact the station here during the week at 069 66200. You can write to us at Sacred Space, West Limerick 102 Radio, Sheehan's Road, Newcastle West, or you can email John at sacredspace102 at gmail.com. So, as usual, in the first part of our programme, we have a little prayer space. Today, for our prayer space, I'm just going to invite us to count our blessings and thank God for all that he has done in our lives. Um, I came across this during the week. It's a hymn called Count Your Blessings, and it was actually written in 1897 by Johnson Oatman Jr., I suppose I had gone through a little bit of a tough period at the start of the week and I realised that in counting our blessings and thanking God for all the good things in our lives, it can, you know, reassure us and comfort us when we go through some difficulties. So I'm just going to read this for you and then Anne will lead us in our spiritual communion prayer and then we'll have a little time of uh, musical reflection. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will keep singing as the days go by. When you look at others with their lands and gold, Think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings. Wealth can never buy your reward in heaven, nor your home on high. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be disheartened. God is over all. Count your many blessings. Angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. So I invite you, Anne, to pray our spiritual communion prayer first. Spiritual communion prayer. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally 
come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen. So our first piece of music um, is from Margaret Ritza. The song is called In God Alone, and it's from her album, Her Music for Healing. Let's have a listen to this. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back to the second part of Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. Taking Lorraine's job here just for a second. <laughs> um, the reason why um, I'm introducing this, this next segment is because a number of weeks back, um, I took the occasion of speaking with Sister Elizabeth Ryan from the presentation order in Limerick. And, and the reason for that was because apparently they were celebrating 175 years in Limerick. But anyway, I took occasion to go out and have a chat with her. And uh, I think you'll enjoy this. Okay, welcome back again to Sacred Space in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley. After my travels again today, uh, today I've been invited to come in and speak with Sister Elizabeth Ryan of the presentation order here in Limerick. And the reason is because Sister... Well, well first of all, Sister, uh, wel- welcome to the programme and thank you very much, Nick, for talking to us. Thank you very much. I believe, Sister, uh, um, the presentation order in Limerick celebrated... Um, a large event there just recently. Was it 175 years? Five years. But just before we get onto that, though, um, a lot of people would like to know how did the present how did the presentation order actually come into being and how did it start? So, can you give us a little bit of background as to the start and the formation of presentation? Yeah. Well, uh, in the 18th century in Ireland, as as you, you I'm sure many of you are aware, there were no schools mm. because. Um, Religion. They, after the penal times, you weren't allowed. Catholics weren't allowed to teach in schools yeah, or anything yeah. like that. So the situation in Cork City was very bad at the time. Cork. Oh. So there was this lady, Nan O'Neill, oh, yeah. who became aware of the situation and she took pity on the children who were illiterate and they were wild, running around the streets and they had no schools. They were. They had no, they hadn't religion, they had nothing. So uh, Nan O'Neill decided to set up some school classes, classes for them. Mm. And uh, so she set up seven little schools around the city. Now, for the, and she, she brought these children in, in, she taught them to read and write and she taught them their prayers and their religion. 
and uh, she also taught the girls to knit and sew and everything so that they'd be able to set up a home when they grew up. Now, as well as teaching the children, she went around and she visited the families in their homes and she cared for the sick and the poor. She was very kind to all those in prison. She also visited the prison. But at that time, there was no street lighting, so Nana always carried a lantern with her. Okay, okay. And she became known in Cork as the Lady of the Lantern. Now, okay. Can I just ask you something there, sister? Around that particular time, the background now to to the people's sort of living conditions, when you said that she would, she, she set up a school and taught them a few other subjects and also religion, were they able to hear religion anywhere else apart from Nano? I mean, were there other schools that were teaching religion or...? What? Uh, there were no other schools at all for Catholics. Okay. So how, so the children really had no education in terms they, of their they faith? Had, they had no education in terms of anything. No education. And what, was she taking a bit of a risk doing this? She now? was taking a terrible risk because it was against the law. And if she was found having a school or teaching children, she could be put into prison. Oh dear. And her family, all her family's property and everything could be taken. Uh, can I just uh, just go back again? Nano, at this particular time, she was a lay person. She wasn't a sister, she, she wasn't... Nano was a lay person, full of enthusiasm yeah. and full of care and love for these children and compassion. Okay, so, so, so that's the background to it, okay? Yes. And then, so she set, she set up these seven schools and then she decided then maybe to help some of the... Parents, was it as well? Did you go she to visit the homes? She visited families and she, she visited the, the homes and she also took care for sick and poor and visited prison, the prison and everything. I suppose at this particular time she would have probably been encouraging other people too because, I mean, it would have been pretty hard for her to set up seven schools herself so now she had a few more she people. Had, she, she got some other peop- lay people to come and help her in the schools. Very good. But she... she she knew that this work may not go on after her death. Yes, okay. Yes, okay. So so she continued on anyway with the schools and continued on visit. And then was there another step then after that? Then did she um, did she move into other fields? Or? She, did she, after that then, she decided that the best thing to do to make this continue okay. was to get uh, a, a, a teaching order. Okay. Of religious to okay. continue her work. Now, first of all, she brought the, the Ursulines to okay. Cork, okay. but that didn't work out. After she spending all her family's, um, all her dowry was yes, spent yes. On, on building a convent for the Ursulines, but she was very disappointed because they only, they didn't teach the poor children and they didn't go out around the streets and find the most needy of all. So she had a specific idea that she wanted to help the poor. She did. And teach those. Yes. Okay, so she tried the earth lines, didn't work out. Yes. Now. She was very disappointed mm. in that. But then, God's will, God works in strange mm. ways. She and does. so Nano decided she set up her own order. Mm. So on Christmas Eve in 1775, Nano set up the presentation order. Now she's still a lay person. She's well, a lay person okay. now until now. But she's setting up, she's okay. setting up getting these sisters to help her. She had a lot of difficulty with the bishops and that because they didn't want any sisters who weren't enclosed. Yes, okay. They, they didn't want a sister walking around the streets. Hmm. But this is what Nana wanted. So Nana was, was very troubled about whether to go to be, become a religious order yes. or to stay lay. But yes. she, she thought about it yes. and she said she'd find a, found an order who would work for the poor and would go out to the streets and that. So this was the first time this, was ever, this ever happened? Well, an Irish order. An Irish order. And it was a time there were no national schools or anything in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And because presumably money wasn't available well, either, was if, she, if she had to try to set up these schools. Poverty. There yes. was poverty everywhere, but she had a wealthy family, but they did, they wouldn't agree with her mm, breaking mm. the law either. Yes, yes. Okay. But she lost all her, her wealth, the wealth anyway of the family yeah. through bringing the Ursulines. But then Nano um, 
went ahead and found the, pre- the presentation sisters, mm-hmm. and they started the schools, but and they spread to different parts of Ireland for schools because people heard about them, and so the sisters. They were in the when she died. I think there was only one sister left, they, because they, they they were so poor. That yes. they, they were hungry. The sisters were hungry themselves, and they yes, some of them had to leave, left the convent when day for the work, and they left. But and um, but it grew after that. So but from small beginnings, death. yeah, just from small beginnings there, you know. So she had a group of, of women around her and. Whatever process they went through, the order was formed in 1775. And, uh, but they were living with the poor. It's the same circumstances as the poor. They were very poor, yes. They, were, they often hadn't enough to eat. Themselves? Yes. Okay. And there, some of their health didn't, mm. didn't stand up to it. But anyway, we'll get back to Limerick. Okay, yes, yeah. So tell me the, the Limerick connection. Now, Limerick, mm. uh, there were... You had the same situation in Limerick mm-hmm. because you had no schools or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Maria King was here in Limerick. And as a, Maria decided to set up a school, to set up a school in Sexton Street, okay. in number seven Sexton Street. She got, she had, with the help of the parish priest, Father Hogan, they acquired the house in Sexton Street, and she set up a little school there. And at that time, the, the Saint Michael's Presbytery was in was where the old, where the old Presentation Convent was. Okay, okay. So, Father Hogan was very interested in this in the schools and in educating these mm-hmm. poor children, mm-hmm. looking after them. So, he, with the, with the help of Maria King, they. Uh, they decided that they try and get sisters from Cork. Okay. So they they were delighted when they they applied to the South Presentation in Cork, and they were willing to send three sisters to set up a religious congregation. When was this now? This was in uh, seven, 37. So that's about 60 years, roughly, yeah, about 60 years after Nano had formed the presentation, yes. 1775 and then 1835. Yes, when they came, yeah. Okay, to Limerick. And the situation inside Limerick then, was was it poor as well? Was, was it, it, well, Limerick City would have been very poor, there'd be all little lanes there around. And, and in terms of education, Catholic education? Well, there was no education of any kind, no. So this the very was, same situation would have been in Limerick and in all the cities in Ireland. And Maria King, she would have been a lay person. Maria King was a lay person. So we got Nana who was lay, and we got Maria who was Maria lay. King. Saw the need, and took and it. went for it. Yeah. So Maria then, when Maria set up the, or the, the Father Hogan decided uh, then that they, he got. Um, he got the con- there was a, a house. The presbytery was was there in Sexton, and there was mm. a big house there near it. Okay. And I think it was a former uh, residence of Lord Limerick, actually. Okay. Mm. So, anyway, he acquired that house, and they brought the sisters, and that was the first. That was the convent. Mm, 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 mm. So, anyway, uh, the three sisters were there, and the business people of Limerick were very generous. And they give give them great support, and oh, these sisters looked after the poor children, and they fed them, and they clothed them, and they educated them, and um, in, in their school. Which, and Father Hogan really had, you know, they built he built a school as well. Wow! So there was marvelous uh, cooperation and with the city and generosity. And, the, and all the people in Limerick were always very supportive of the sisters at that time. And uh, some of a good few, they got a lot of vocations. Yes, that, that's what I was just wondering. And some well known families enter there. You might have ever heard of is it Kate O'Brien, the writer. Oh, yes, yes. Her two aunts entered okay. the presentation. Uh, yes. They were two okay. famous Sister Margaret <coughs> Mary and Sister Claire. Okay. And. Um, Kate O'Brien wrote a, a book about a presentation parlour 
Okay, okay. One of Kate's books. But then, uh, and they had said the unthanks who had a, a, dying, a factory for dying uh, materials and clothes yes. down around St. John's or somewhere down there. They they were Quakers and they were converted and entered the convent as well. So it's just very interesting. Isn't it very interesting? And I would imagine that the 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 um, encouragement that the poor people would have had, seeing these sisters coming, yes, living amongst them, yes, day in day out, maybe as poor as they were, and still staying with them and not not going away in the evening and going back in the morning. That probably Absolutely. gave them as much encouragement. Beautiful. Yeah, although they'd have been better off than. The nano, nano sisters had been Naturally. like the people who were most supportive, and, and the times had changed too. Yeah. Like education has been it was been uh, allowed in Ireland, like okay. at education. that particular time now. It was after the penal laws, you see. Okay, so eighteen thirty-five is when uh, um, uh, Limerick really saw the first eighteen thirty-seven. Eighteen thirty-seven. Excuse me, uh, the Presbyterian sisters. So, uh, so it grew from there then. It, it grew. Then they were really blessed with vocations down along for years, and they. Um, so, uh, we this year now it was marvelous to celebrate 175 years. Fantastic, fantastic achievement. And, and, and I mean, over those years, did you move to other, uh, and create other schools? Then we did in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we moved. Uh, we to Kerry Castle Island. Okay. And they moved out to, um, they went to Australia and to India wow. and to, um, let me see, the two, two parts of Australia. This set up a good lot of schools in Western Australia. In Western Australia, okay. Yes, yeah. Victoria yeah. and all. All from Nano. All from Nano and from Maria King in yes. Limerick. Both lay people, and I know we want to stress that. Yes. They were lay people who saw the need, who did the work themselves, but wanted the work to continue. So mm. that at that time, the way they could see mm. was to, to bring a religious order. Okay. And, uh, and the, so, so the presence then was spreading out, uh, spreading out to various parts of the world. Yes. Staying with education mostly all the time, would that be right, Sister? Mm, yes, in different ways. In different like, ways, okay. Yeah, you could put it under the heading of education. But but Maria actually entered with pres- with the sisters okay. later on. Okay. Okay. Because uh, she entered. No, yes. Okay. Okay. And so uh, it continued to grow. I mean, the presence in in certain Limerick now would be in a number of places now. In Limerick, uh-huh. then they they moved out to they were in out to Janesborough and to um, in, with this convent here uh, to a con. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. To the convent in Sex in Roxborough Road, in Roxburgh, and yeah, we're yeah, uh, yeah. out in Doradile mm-hmm. and up in Butterfield, and uh, still down in Janesborough, and still then we have more sisters in Sexton Street. So when you come to celebrate the 175, how many of you would have been involved in in Limerick? And, at the moment, there are 25 sisters. 25 presentation sisters. Well, most of them are retired now, but they, they're still involved in the schools and in education in different ways. In different ways, yeah. And um, vocations? Uh, uh, well, vocations are, are very slow uh, mm-hmm. now uh, yeah. mm-hmm. in these times. Very few vocations. Okay. But you still keep the same charism, the idea would be, in terms of the education and, and, and helping those who really are on the margins. Yeah. Yes, and people in trouble, like some of the sisters do counselling and free, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and sisters work with youth clubs and with liturgy groups. and. Um, okay. So the, so this 175 um, years uh, celebration that you had there just a few weeks ago, uh, that would, Im- would involve obviously the sisters and presumably maybe some of the past pupils yeah. maybe. Uh, well, we decided we'd keep this very keep, simple keep and simple. small. Keep so we had it in the, in the school, Lovely. and the children and the, the staff of, of presentation in Sexton Street. Okay. And there was and a mass and, 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 and we had a lovely celebration, prayer service. Because and so now and the, and we also had a lovely meal after a little get together in the staff room later in the day. Beautiful. 
So 25 um, sisters still with the presentation in Limerick at the moment. In Limerick, and down yes. In Cork, uh, probably at Limerick again. Yes. No doubt, yeah. Oh, yeah, the order. And so for the future now, for the presentation, um, I know there's a number of you, as, as you said, a number of the order retired. Um, as you said early on, I would suggest the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yes, uh, and maybe somebody might just might be listening to this program at the moment and wondering, you know, who are these guys and what were they all about? And may, maybe there's a young girl somewhere. Maybe there's a mother who, who wants to mention something to her daughter while they're listening to this program. What would you say to somebody now who was uh, of a young girl who was thinking, well, maybe maybe the presentation maybe have something for me? What would you say to them? Well, there's always there's always a need for the somebody to light the lantern in the darkness of, of today's world I yes. think uh, yes. we're really looking for people with courage and with new ideas how to renew and how to talk to today's world yes. and bring the message yes. into the, bring the light into the darkness Beautiful. that can surround us and it's, it's courage you know it's, it's courage you, you and, and the faith and the conviction but I suppose thinking back to Nano and thinking back to Maria both of those people Ladies on their own in times when it wasn't the done thing to oh, set up yes. a school, and they had the courage to go out. And obviously, the Lord was there with them and, and, and stayed with them all along. And it went, no, no, it wasn't easy. Um, so, you would suggest to people these days just just to maybe reflect a little bit on the needs of the world, as, as you said, that darkness out there needs a bit of light. Yes. Is that what you say? And, and with the love and the compassion in, in their hearts, that's all you need. And yes. Yeah. To express it. So, so sister, uh, as we just mentioned, there, you know, people have courage and so on and so forth. What sort of ministries are you involved with now today, sister? Well, today we are involved in education, okay. adult education, and we are also involved in uh, in parish work, helping out in the parish and parish liturgies. Okay. And in some of the sisters are help out with the youth clubs. And we have, and also the formation of um, parents and children, maybe for the confirmation of first communion yeah. sacraments, mm-hmm. sisters mm-hmm. work with those. The other sisters do um, counselling and um, do some yes. prison work, okay. visit the prison, and generally involved very much. Sister, it's been wonderful speaking to you and getting getting some of the background of the presentation. I'm sure there's, uh, there's, uh, there's people maybe listening to this programme in West Limerick and also worldwide because this programme will be going out on the worldwide net and there's people you know, in Australia and, and various parts of the world and they will be able to listen to a podcast of this. Um, but if you were to just want to leave the listeners with what you would like them to take away from this programme in terms of the presentation, sister, so well... What would you like? What idea would you like them to take away with when they finish listening to this program with the presentation sisters? Uh, I would like them to remember that with God all things are possible, yeah. and nothing is impossible. And with the small beginnings and all the trials and tribulations of the beginnings, mm. many of us would have given up. Yeah. But because somebody had the fire and the mm-hmm. spirit, mm-hmm. it worked because God was in this work. Beautiful. Sister Elizabeth Ryan, thank you very much indeed for speaking to us. Thank you very much. God bless you. Bye-bye. Okay, I really hope you enjoyed that uh, that interview, myself, uh, that, that, that talk really myself and Elizabeth has, Sister Elizabeth, uh, here in Limerick. And I asked Sister uh, afterwards as to what piece of music she'd like us to play. So what she asked me to play was uh, a piece of music that's entitled One Step Beyond, and it's from an album called a Celtic journey. So this is for Sister Elizabeth and all the sisters there in the presentation order, whether they've listened to us in Australia or in Lemmy, this is for you. There was a time, such a time when hearts were hurting. Longing to find some peace of mind, find an open door. I knew a time, such a time, one heart kept searching. 
to see, through darkness to free, a heart without its soul. Who will light the lantern and keep it burning bright? Who will search the darkness for Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. Welcome back again to Sacred Space here on West Limerick 102. My name is Lorraine Buckley. Joining me in the studio are John and Anne Keeley and on the phone Shane Ambrose. As usual in this part of the programme, we're going to reflect on today's Gospel, which is the Gospel for the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year B. And as usual, before we read the Gospel... I'm going to invite John to read our little prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. So this is the prayer that we always read every Sunday morning before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 And would you like to read the Gospel for us today, please? Okay, Larry. The Gospel according to Mark. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs, giving them authority over unclean spirits, and he instructed them, Take nothing for the journey except the staff, no bread, no haversack, no copper, coppers for their purses. And there were to wear sandals, but he added, Do not take a spare tunic. And he said to them, If you enter a house anywhere, stay there until you leave the district. And if any place does not welcome you, and the people refuse to listen to you, as you walk away, shake the dust off your feet, under your feet, as a sign to them. So they set off 
to preach repentance, and they cast out many devils and anointed many sick people with oil and cured them. This is the gospel. Thank you very much, Anne. That was beautifully read. Shane, quite a short gospel this week. Short, punchy gospel. Yeah. A lot of it. But of course, we need to start expecting that from Mark, because of course, as we discussed last week, we're into ordinary time. Mm -hmm. So between now and the next couple of weeks, we're going to hear a lot of Mark. And Mark is a very short gospel. It's only actually 16 chapters or so. So the the gospel passages that we'll have on the Sundays will be quite short, concise, dense in some senses. Mm -hmm. Um, And ones that you really should kind of almost take your time reading. Mm. Because there's so much in them, Mark condenses an awful lot into what he wants to say. Now, this week's Gospel continues on from last week's. It's chapter 6. So we're, we're kind of doing almost Alexio Continua. So we're continuing on from the same, where, where we left off last week. And Jesus, in this case, he is sending out the 12. Now, it depends. In some of the Gospels, it's sending out of the 72. But in Mark, it's sending out of the 12. Mm-hmm. And in one sense, it's almost like the commissioning of the disciples, or the apostles, to go out and preach the good news. <clears throat> You could almost see it kind of like they're, they're almost they're being picked, to, you know, selected and told this is what you have to do. And it's, it's an interesting one in some sense because, of course, the number 12 has great significance in the, in the, in the, Old, the Old Testament. But, of course, the apostles were almost the reconfiguration of the 12 tribes of Israel who, of course, were descended from the 12 sons of Jacob. So it's almost like, you know, beginning the, 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 the rehabilitation of the tribes of Israel that Jesus is undertaking. And, of course, it's, you know, Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs. And I think, you know, he, he sent them out in pairs. And it's that line, actually, Lorraine, that I didn't get much further than the first line of the <laughs> gospel. Because it was that bit, Jesus sent them out. Mm. Now, when we do Lexio, you know, what we say each week is, it wasn't, it isn't just something that happened 2,000 years ago. Mm. It's still something that speaks to us today. That's what we believe in Scripture. Mm. So Absolutely. It's that, it was that line, Jesus sent them out. And I thought it was kind of appropriate that within kind of, what is it, three, four weeks of Congress, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have this gospel presented to us in our home parishes. Jesus sent them out. And it's that sending out. You know, at the end of the Mass, we have the line, et misa est. It's kind of translated as the Mass has ended, go in peace. Mm-hmm. But a more accurate translation of it from the Latin would be, go, you are sent. And, you know, it's almost like you were sent out to, you know, to spread the Eucharist, to share the Eucharist that you have shared in, in, at, at Mass, to share it in the wider world. So again and again, we have this reminder, we are a missionary people. Mm. We are supposed to be sent out to preach the good news. We are supposed to go out into the world and by our lives, by our witness, by the way we live, by the way we interact with people, that great line that we always use in this program, you know they are Christians by their love. We're not talking for people to stand up in a soapbox in the middle of the public square and start preaching scripture. You know, it's, that's not what's called for directly by everybody. Maybe some people are called to do that, but more, more, what the more concrete, you know, this whole new evangelization that we hear people talking about, it's not about, you know, going out and hammering religion down people's throats. It's not going out laying down the law, because that's not what it's supposed to be about. That's the mistake the church has made in Ireland in the, the, in the last 60 years, where everything was rules and regulations. As Pope Benedict reminds us, our faith is not about rules. It's not about yes and no, do this, don't mm-hmm. do that. It's supposed to be about a relationship with Jesus Christ and encountering the love of God. And the Gospel this week reminds us that we are called to go out and share the love of God with our neighbours and our friends. And it's interesting because, you know, he instructs them to take nothing for the journey. And it's almost a reminder in some respects that, you know, you're not called to go off and spend seven years in a seminary. You're not called to go off and spend four or five years studying theology. It's helpful if you do, but you're not called. Each of us, in our own way, in our own lives, has within us the resources to be able to live the gospel in each of our daily lives. You know, and that's what I'd say to people this morning, to our listeners. You know, you, you know, if you're listening to us this morning, you can live the gospel in your life. You know, nobody else can do it, and you can be a witness to that gospel. You don't have to batter people over the head with it. It's just by listening to the voice of God, remembering what he has called us to be, called us to be love in the community. And I suppose that's the important thing, because, you know, it's, you know he says, you know, Take nothing for the journey. No bread, no haversack, no coppers for the person. Wear sandals, but don't take a spare tunic. He's really pairing them back and saying to them, 
be with the community. You know, live with the land, live in the moment, live in the now. <clears throat> and I suppose that's something we need to think about. We're often thinking, you know, it's always something we'll do tomorrow. Mm. Why, you know, why do today what you can put off to tomorrow is sometimes a motto of, of us in our lives. And I suppose what that line this morning, now it, it, it can speak to different people in different ways. What it said to me this week, it was the reminder to live in the now. Rather than live in you know, the two months down the road, live in the present moment. And you know something? That sometimes is the most impossible thing to do. Mm. In the fast-moving, fast-paced world we have today, you know, it's almost impossible to live in the now, sometimes for people. To be able just to stop, to breathe, to see what's happening at this moment in time. Not to be worrying about, well, I'm going to, you know, it's a Sunday morning, so I'm fairly sure we have this or that, that, that. Right, what am I going to do? I have to put on the dinner, I have to, <laughs> the buzz, I have to do this, I have to do that. Well, you get the children up because we have to go to Mass, da 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 You know, but now is the moment that God is here. He's not, he's not in the past, he's not in the future. His name that he gave himself is I Am. And I suppose, Lorraine, they were two of the things, you know, that struck me. We can, I mean, we can come back to a few more, but, you know, if you wanted to share anything that struck you out of this week's Gospel... Thank you very much, Shane. Actually, the, that line as well struck me to take nothing for the journey. And it really made me realize that we are so poor in ourselves that sometimes we try and carry loads of baggage with us. As you said, like, you know, the studying of theology is great, but you don't actually need it because it's God's grace mm. that, you know, will witness to people more than anything you could possibly say. When you live the gospel, when you incarnate the gospel in your own lives by being friendly, by being holy in a good sense of the word, you know, by trying to live good lives, by living charitable lives, by um, all the little ways in which we can spread God's message and God's love in the world. I think that's a far greater witness to the gospel Mm. message than all the theology books in the world, really. Uh, John, did you have any thoughts? Yeah, very similar now to what, to what Shane had there, but uh, as Shane was mentioned about theology books and so on and so forth, is the same Francis once said, always preach the gospel, and if need be, use words. Mm. You know, And the, the, the whole idea, the idea then is to live the gospel. This, the, the, I underline summoned, Jesus summoned, and he summons is all of us. And I think we are precious, because he made us the way he wants us. And he wants us to go out and preach his word the way he designed us to preach it. So I might say something in a slightly different way than yourself or Anne or or Shane, but the message is still out there. So the important thing, I echo what Shane said, the important thing this week is we're all unique, we're all important, God has something for us all to do. And if we don't do it, somebody's going to lose out. Mm -hmm. And just one last one then. Right at the end he said, um, and they anointed many sick people with oil, and they cured them. And the idea that came to me, I was reading something there now during the week, and it said something like, it's not really only doctors and nurses who can bring healing. If we work with Jesus to help people find their own freedom, we help people to cure their sicknesses, maybe their psychological sicknesses, or maybe their emotional sicknesses, by our presence, by our patience, by our time. And I think it's so important that we can cure people if we allow Jesus to work through us, as Shane said, in the now where we are. Thank you very much, John. And do you have any thoughts on today's Gospel? Yes, I find it very nice. I find you visit some nursing homes and they're delighted to see somebody from outside. And if you just have the kind word for them, they're delighted to see you. And isn't that really a lovely way of spreading the gospel message and bringing the love of God to somebody? Shane, we've had a look at the first three or four verses. Um, Have you anything to add about the latter half? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, of course, because it's it's talking about you know the, the interaction uh, with the community when you're out there, and it's interesting the way Jesus approaches approaches it because of course he tells the disciples, you know, if you're not welcomed, mm-hmm. you know, it's a case of okay, don't make a big fuss, but go and as you leave the town, wipe the dust from your feet. Mm-hmm. Now, I kind of was puzzling over that because I had to check it out and see what what exactly the scholars say about it and. The interpretation that some give to it is, when the Jews were coming in from, say, from Gentile territory, because the land of Israel was dedicated to Yahweh, they would wipe the dust from their feet as they entered onto holy ground, mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't bring, you know, the dust of, of the Gentiles into them. 
And it's interesting because the, 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 the disciples were visiting the people of Israel. So the symbolism of them wiping their dust from their feet was almost saying to them, look, you have cast yourself away from Yahweh's love. And I suppose that's the reminder to us, I suppose, in one sense, that it's us that puts ourselves outside the love of God in one sense. We are the ones that cut ourselves off. It's not that God cuts himself off from us. It's we close ourselves out to God. And it's just, I suppose, something you know, that, that struck me. And it's also brought back, I suppose, that, to mind that great Irish kind of tradition, you know, um, that when you enter the house and you greeted someone, you know, the first thing you would say was, God bless all here. Mm. You know, if you're using, it's amazing. I, I was listening to Padraig Ian Clancy's talk from the International Eucharistic Congress during the week, and she made the point that if you're an atheist, <clears throat> it must be difficult to speak Irish. Because every word, every greeting in Irish has an involvement with God. In terms of, you know, God bless the work, or Dias Murigwit, or, you know, all that kind of thing. And it's, you know, that, those kind of things that there would be moments of witness when you greet someone or when you say hello to someone and just say, you know, God bless the work or God bless all here. And it's just that reminder that, you know, and it invokes the blessing on people in their work, brings God into the now, into what they are doing. You know, faith and religion and spirituality are not something we do on a Sunday morning and stop at the door of the church. Mm -hmm. Despite what people think or what politicians are trying to do in Mm -hmm. terms of practice of religion in society, you know, they don't stop at the church door. They are supposed to imbue everything we do in our lives. Mm. And it's that whole idea. You know, you'd be like, what does he mean, bring it into the now, do it now? Something as simple as that. You know, you're invoking God's blessing on somebody's work, you know, and the, the protection of God on the work that they're doing. Like this morning, I would say to our listeners, you know, as part of the prayer space and as part of your intentions for this week, join in the prayers for fine weather. We're facing, a, we're starting to face into a serious crisis for the farming community in particular. Like there's a, a growing danger with the crop. I'm sure for many listeners out there that have potatoes, who are probably like, you know, some of my family that have been worrying about spraying for blight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's things like that. So, you know, when you're saying God bless the work, you're invoking God's protection on the work that's been done. Unfortunately, Shane, I'm going to have to cut you off there. But thank you very much for sharing that. We have to take a piece of music because we're running out of time. The piece of music we're going to have is by Patricia Burke. It's called You Will Be My Witnesses and it's from the album of the same name. So let's have a listen to this. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. 
And welcome back very, very briefly for the last part of the programme. John is smiling over at me because, as usual, I've been a chatterbox and we're out of time. We had a wonderful programme. Wonderful. indeed. So thank you all very much for joining us this morning. The piece of music we're going to play out with is by Daniel O'Donnell and it's called What a Wonderful World. So until next week, God bless. Bye-bye. And next week we have a very special guest. Oh, who? We have Father Chris O'Donnell. Oh, fantastic. Isn't that right, Shane? Yes, Father, we're starting back into our series on the sacraments, folks. Uh, we hadn't forgotten there were seven of them, and we've only done three. <laughs> so Father, Fra- uh, Father Chris is joining us next week uh, to talk about the sacrament of ordination. Lovely. In the meantime, enjoy your week, and we'll go out with... What a wonderful world. Okay, until next week. God bless you. Bye. I see trees of green Red roses too I see them blue For me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies of blue And clouds of white The bright blessed days The dark sacred nights And I think to myself What a wonderful world The colors of the rainbow So pretty the sky are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying how do you do? They're really saying I love you. I hear babies cry. I watch them Than I'll ever know And I think to myself What a wonderful world Yes, I think to myself What a wonderful Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.